This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 411. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 411. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I am delighted and honored to be kicking off a new week with you. Delighted and honored to be in your ear again. And I'm excited about this conversation because here's the thing. One of the biggest shocks of motherhood to me was the mental load and the mental space that motherhood takes up. And it's not just motherhood. It's not just like the child rearing part of it. It's like all the other stuff that comes with it that nobody ever told me about. Why does no one warn us about these things? Your girlfriends who went before you, they should have told you about the mental load. No one tells you until you're in it and you're like, I did not sign up for this. I did not sign up to be chronically overwhelmed and mentally exhausted. So yes, you're physically exhausted. You're tired. Emotions are running high. You feel like you never have time. But then there's this mental load component that no one warned you about where you just constantly feel like there is not space to keep one more thing in your brain. Yet all day long, you're inundated with one more thing you need to keep in your brain. Like every 30 seconds, you're like, one more thing, file it away. One more thing, file it away. And it's relentless at times. And if you have multiple kids, so I have one and I can imagine if you have multiple, this is exponentially greater. So for me with just one, I've felt this. 
imagining for those of you with two, three, four, five, the load is even greater. And if you're also working or managing a household or a leader in some other capacity in an organization or volunteering or just taking on other roles in your life as other components of your identity, this load just again gets greater and greater and the load gets exponentially more cumbersome. I was going to say burdensome. I'll say cumbersome, but probably sometimes also burdensome, right? Because there is a limit to how much we can put on our plate, how much we can hold in our heads. And I also know that women struggle more than men with compartmentalization. And so men can be like, I'm going to go to work, file like family away in a file folder until five o'clock tonight. Whereas women, we're at work and we're thinking about all the family things all day long. Like we're thinking about Tommy's struggles with reading and Jenny is like being picky about dinner. And why is one kid getting up in the middle of the night? And why is another kid like getting in fights at school? Like we're thinking about that all day long, right? We're in the middle of a board meeting and also problem solving family dynamics and also problem solving homework conundrums and also problem solving homework and discipline situations at school. So there's all sorts of things that we're always working on in our heads simultaneously while we're trying to be oftentimes productive members of society outside of motherhood. And so this gets really, really complicated and tricky at times. And here's the thing, in the long run, it really takes a toll in terms of our energy. It can be really depleting. And so I want to talk to you today specifically about how to create more mental space in motherhood so that you don't always feel like you are running on fumes, that you're just taking on more and more and more and trying to figure out how to find places to put it all. Instead, I want you to be able to find places where you have some space and where you feel like you have places to put things as they come in. So when you have this constant influx of information and data and input, that you have a place to put it and a place to manage it so you can be more like a dude so that you can compartmentalize and be like, okay, I'm going to file that over here and move on with my day. And then I'll pull that piece out of the file when I need it, but I don't need it right now. And I know that I in particular can get really caught up in like feeling like I need to keep everything at the forefront all the time. So everything's always within arm's reach. And that feels real overwhelming. Like I need to be solving 18 problems at once instead of filing 17 problems away and just solving one problem really well at a time. So here we go. I want to talk about six different ways that you can create more mental space in motherhood. So number one is to actually have designated mental and physical spaces for things. So I'm going to break this into mental and physical and kind of talk through each of them. So what I mean by this is that in terms of having mental spaces for things, I want you to have designated times to think about things. So I know for me, one of the things I'm really guilty of is waking up in the middle of the night and immediately going into like thinking and worrying mode. And so I have to, and this is how I've gotten good at this is because I have had to over the years, as someone who's really struggled with insomnia since I was a little girl, I've had to learn how to make mental space for the right things at the right time. Because my brain my default is to like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what do I need to worry about right now? And that does not serve me. So I've really had to create mental spaces to compartmentalize things in the middle of the night in order to get back to sleep. And I've had varying degrees of success with this, but it also has helped me in other areas of my life. So I want you to give mental spaces to certain things at certain times. So one example of that for me is that I plan what I'm going to do on any given day first thing in the morning. So when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm feeling frantic about something, I can think, oh, wait, I already have a designated time to think about this because as part of my morning routine, I make my list of things to do for the day and my three action items for the day. And so I already have a place designated to be thinking about those things. 
Another place for this might be around your meal planning for your family. So I have mental time to plan dinners for the week on Sunday. We sit down, we have a family meeting, we talk about what we're going to have for dinner, which is basically me telling people what we're having for dinner. But there's mental space so that I am not at the end of every day thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to have? Or thinking about it throughout the day. Like, oh, what are we going to do? Do I need to make something now? How long is it going to take? Do I need to like get the meat cooking? No, I know on Sunday what I'm going to designate for meals for dinners for the week. And then I think about it all at one time, which I highly recommend batching your thinking like that. That's like a whole nother area of mental compartmentalization. But for me, putting that mental thought in a designated space helps a ton because this is decision fatigue around dinner is really one of the things that has annoyed me more than anything in motherhood is really that having to think through like, oh, what are we going to have? It annoys me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I get real bitter about it. I'm like, why is this my job? And my husband is like, sure, I'll come up with something. But then I'm like, will you? And what is it going to be? Because like, I don't want Taco Bell. And so that's that. So I, and also I'm a control freak about food. I'm not going to lie. So I'm like, I just want to be in charge of it, but I don't want to think about it every single day and have to have this like mental fatigue around it. So those are a couple examples of how you can mentally make space for things, but really having designated times to think about certain things, designated times where you're sitting down and planning. There's also ways to do this. I know sitting down on a Friday and looking at what is the whole next week, or maybe on a Sunday, looking at what is coming up next week. Here's my designated time to map out the week, feel like I'm on top of things so that you aren't in a mental space of overwhelm as you work your way through the week. The number two part of this is the physical space. So creating physical spaces for things as well. And so physical spaces, this can look like a couple different things. So this might be like storing things in physical places where you're routinely going back to them. So storing things in drawers and containers and having basket systems so that your physical space is not super cluttered. I know in our house, we don't have a mudroom and So things get dumped on our dining room table and it drives my husband crazy to no end. And it's starting to get on my nerves too. As someone who's typically not been bothered by it, it's more and more getting on my nerves because our dining room table is a collection of like purses, backpacks, coats, hats, gloves, Legos, homework papers, like all the things, which gets definitely a little bit annoying. So having physical spaces to put things has been really helpful for us to be like, okay, here is where the backpack gets hung up. Here's where the coats get hung up. Here's where the bin for the gloves and the hats. Here's, we actually like redesignated Legos are no longer allowed on the dining room table. They go over here instead. Cause we were like constantly having to take Legos on and off the table, which was getting real annoying and having, causing lots of problems. So having physical spaces for things creates more mental spaciousness in our house for sure. Then there's also physical space for things like to keep ideas and thoughts. And so notebooks, journals, apps, post-it notes, wipe off calendars. Those can be also, that's kind of a combination of physical and mental space. So it's a physical thing that can hold mental thoughts. And so we definitely utilize those as well. I have a notebook for work-related stuff. I have a couple apps that I use. I honestly use my notes app on my phone. Most of all, it's like so not fancy. I've gone through phases using other things like Evernote, you know, things that have a little more bells and whistles, but I always end up just going back to my notes app. We use post-it notes for things. We use a wipe off calendar for our Sunday through Saturday weekly calendar that we use. That's a wipe off calendar that magnets to our fridge. So that's what we use for our family meeting every week. And that's where we designate on that calendar. We write down like, what are all the events of the week? What are the dinners for the week? What days does Vinny have hot lunch? What days does he have to wear his dress uniform? Cause he has two different kinds of uniforms, 
all those things get put on that calendar, which can be really, really helpful. So that's number one, designating mental and physical spaces for things. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Number two, the second way to create more mental space in motherhood is to limit incoming information, data, advice, and influences. I have a lot to say about this. So you need to be a really good self-monitor of incoming information. And so that means being a self-monitor of social media. That means not absorbing everything that you see. That means taking some responsibility. If you're someone who, as you scroll on social media, you feel more and more overwhelmed or like you need to be more and more perfect, or you should be learning more and more things, or you see people doing things and you're like, oh, and I need to do that. And I need to do that. And I need to do that. And that just feels overwhelming to you, 
then you need to be a better self-monitor of social media. That is not enhancing your life experience if that's your social media experience. So on top of that, looking at what kinds of resources are you consuming? So maybe it's news, maybe it's parenting books, maybe it's relationships books, maybe it's personal development. There is a time to say enough is enough and to limit things in ways that feel really good for you. So I know I've gone through phases of over-consuming items and professional development content and I get really exhausted. And I'm like, I don't need more ideas on how to build a business. I already have too many. I'm already burdened by too many ideas that I can't implement fast enough. And it's just exhausting to me and frustrating to get more ideas and then think, oh, well, I should do this and I should do that. And then it honestly, it creates confusion in my head and it creates too much. It's too much stuff in my head. So I have to actually be conscientious. Even in my business coaching group, I conscientiously don't attend all of the calls because I'm like, I don't want more ideas. I have enough. I don't need something else to implement. I don't need another program to create. I already have more programs in my head than I have time to create right now. So be a self-monitor of all the things that you're consuming to recognize when it's no longer of service. There's definitely a point of diminishing returns where consuming too much data, too much content, too much information is no longer being of service to yourself. And it actually starts to break you down, wear you down. So pick a few resources and enjoy them versus trying to keep up with all the resources. So I know for me, there's like a few people I follow really closely and then a whole bunch of people I don't a whole bunch of people that all, a lot of my peers follow. And I'm like, I can't keep up with everyone. And it only makes me feel like less than if I'm constantly watching what everyone else is doing and feeling like I'm not as far along as them, or I'm not getting this access to the same things as them, or I'm not having similar experiences. So I pick a few carefully curated resources and then I enjoy them. Unsubscribing from things all the time. So you should be unsubscribing from a lot of things very regularly. Like every single day in my inbox, I'm unsubscribing to things or from things. So making sure that you are unsubscribing very liberally, because again, you don't need constant data. You don't need constant notifications in your inboxes of sales. And so I know for me, like every time I get on a new site, I'll use like Gap and Banana Republic because those are ones that I get on and off of very regularly. Like every time I buy something at Banana Republic or the Gap, I get back on their email list. And then I start getting emails every day about like, you can save 50% and 30% and 60%, which only creates extra noise and decision fatigue. Because if I know that I can save 60% off of a sweater at Banana Republic, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should go check it out. And then I'll literally go down a rabbit hole, waste an hour of my day trying to decide if I need a new sweater, if I want a new sweater, should I really, shouldn't I? I don't know. No, I don't need another sweater. And if I do need another sweater, I'll go find it myself and then go find a corresponding coupon. Like I don't need 18 different discount emails in my inbox from 18 different retailers every morning when I get up. It just creates more noise and more analysis paralysis around things that don't really matter. Next is to limit your time scrolling on any platform. So really look again, I talked about this at the beginning of this one, when you're limiting incoming information, you really do want to look at what does that scrolling do for you? Does it light you up? Does it give you energy? Does it fuel your soul? Or does it just create anxiety, make you feel less than, make you fall into the comparison trap, create self-doubt, because then it's not worth your time. And particularly notice as you are consuming content and information, Notice that how any influences make you feel. Do they make you feel less than? Do they create doubt? Do they create increased negative self-talk? Do they send you spiraling into the comparison trap? This can happen even when you're consuming content that is meaningful, that you are you know, maybe inspired by, from people who you maybe admire, from people who have high quality content. But sometimes when we watch people from afar, 
it doesn't always fuel us. Sometimes it really holds us back. I know a lot of people in my space who like can't watch Rachel Hollis because they are very triggered by her. They look, they notice that she's doing big, huge, great things. And they're like, I feel like she's doing all the things I want to do. And I just feel less than when I see what empire that she's built, then don't follow her. If someone's making you feel less than, then don't follow them. If there's someone on social media working out in their sports bra and their spandex with their six pack, and you're like, that just makes me feel like crap, then don't follow that person. And like no hard feelings, nothing bad against that person. But if that doesn't light you up, it doesn't serve you, right? So it's taking energy from you rather than giving energy to you. So be really conscientious. You will create more space as you unsubscribe, as you unfollow, as you limit time that you are in content consumption mode. Number three, embrace being a decision maker. So here's the thing. When we get stuck in analysis paralysis and we don't make decisions quickly, it takes up so much mental space. And I can think of 1 million examples because I'm someone who very often gets stuck in analysis paralysis. And what I've learned is that I have to make decisions quickly. And sometimes I don't make the right decision. Sometimes I don't make the best decision. Sometimes I have to go back and fix things. And also making decisions quickly frees up mental space for me every damn day. So it is worth it. It is worth it. Even if the decision I make is not the very best decision I could have made in that moment, it is worth it to have to go back and fix something, do something over again, what have you, if it keeps me moving forward. Because the alternative to that is to stay stuck in analysis paralysis and stuck in decision fatigue. And decision fatigue drains you of all of your energy. Decision fatigue is an awful place to live. So you have to embrace being a decision maker, make decisions quickly and know that you will be fine because almost anything can be changed, updated, edited, pivoted around. You can fix almost anything. This happens to me a lot when I'm looking at airplane tickets. I'll be deciding like, well, do I want this flight time or that flight time? And I think, okay, you know what? When I book, I book almost always on Alaska Air and they have a 24-hour window in which you can change a ticket after you purchase. So I always say, I'm just going to do it to get it done with. And then I have 24 hours to go back and change it if I realize you know, I picked the wrong flight or I picked the wor- not the ideal time. I've never once gone back and had to change a time because typically the instinct I have initially is the right instinct. So trust your instincts, trust that the thing that your gut is telling you to do from the get-go is the right thing, because 95% of the time it is. I'm making up that number, but it's close. So most of the time it is the right thing. And you're just wasting energy trying in that like little 5% thinking like, oh gosh, but what if it, and the thing is, is if you make the wrong choice, you can figure it out. I recently did, I've totally flubbed up with airline tickets and ended up having to pay to fix it. And it cost $200. Okay. Was that annoying? Yes. Was it the end of the world? No. And here's the deal. I don't want to make light of $200. Like $200 is not an insignificant amount of money, but also the amount of momentum that I have been able to build in my life from making decisions quickly is like, if I, every six months have a $200 mistake, the other things I've done to create mental space in my life to that allow for progress in my life professionally and personally, that's worth a mistake that costs a little bit of money every now and then. Now I'm not saying like, you know, if $200 is a lot of money for you, I want you to be conscientious of that, you know, and there's, everyone has their own limits around financial things. So there's definitely things if I'm going to make, you know, a $2,000 investment, I'm going to give it a little bit more time than a $200 investment. If I'm going to make a $20,000 investment, I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm always going to know, like, how can I get out of this if I need to, I'm going to be smart about it, but I'm also not going to get tripped up because I'm going to recognize that you can figure most things are figure outable. Like Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. 
And so I'm not going to get constantly tripped up by every single decision. Because here's the thing, the more time you spend in each decision, the more exhausted and overwhelmed you feel every damn day. So be conscientious around how much time you are spending in every single decision and stop wasting energy in decision fatigue and get out of your own way. This is perfectionism and procrastination. Procrastination and perfectionism are related. They're sisters, remember? They're basically twins. One's the older sister, one's the younger sisters, older twin and younger twin. So I want you to really get out of your own way and get out of that decision fatigue. So embrace being a decision maker. Number four, the fourth way to create more mental space in motherhood is to make, put as many decisions as possible on autopilot. So put as many decisions as you can on autopilot so that you're actually not making those decisions on a routine basis. They're made for you. So for example, I eat the exact same breakfast every single day. And so does my child. (laughs) Vinny's literally eaten the same breakfast every single day of his life since he's solid foods. And I'll tell you like, it's had like a slight evolution. So when he was tiny, like whenever he started solid, so sometime between like probably around one or so, I don't even remember. But when he was really little, the first breakfast he ever ate, once he could do nuts, was that I would take little pieces of banana and put like a tiny bit of peanut butter on them. So that evolved into eventually an English muffin with peanut butter and bananas on it. And now every single day he has peanut butter, an English muffin with peanut butter and jam or with peanut butter and three chocolate chips on it. That's literally what he has for breakfast every single day. That's the only breakfast he's ever had in seven years is an English muffin with peanut butter and something and something else on it. When he was a baby or early, early toddler, he was having the banana with peanut butter. That's the only breakfast he's ever had because I don't mess around with decision making at breakfast. Like I do not have time. (laughs) The amount of time we spend on breakfast in our house is approximately six minutes. and I'm not lying. So when you have six minutes to spend on breakfast, you do the exact same thing every day. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. 
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Similarly, I don't spend a lot of times making decisions around dinner because we pretty much have the same dinners every week. So it's like one night is chili, one night is soup, one night is shrimp and teriyaki with vegetables, one night is tacos, one night we order pizza typically on Saturdays. Sometimes we'll go out or order something, one night's rotisserie chicken and, and vegetables, and I think that's pretty much the whole week right there. That's pretty much what we do every single week. It's real not exciting and no one's complaining. And if anyone in my family would like to complain, they are welcome to take on this task on their own. So super, super simple so that everything can be on autopilot so that I'm not spending extra energy around the decision fatigue around breakfast planning or dinner planning. Another way to look at this is to look at your wardrobe. What kind of decision fatigue do you have when you're getting up in the morning and you're putting on clothes? If this is a struggle for you, have like a Monday outfit, a Tuesday outfit, a Wednesday outfit. Or if you work from home and it doesn't matter like me, just have like three or four outfits that are pretty much the same. Like I basically have like a jeans and sweater version of an outfit and a leggings and like knit workout top version of an outfit. And I have like three of each of those. So there's like three jean sweater combinations and like three leggings, Uggs and long sleeve t-shirt combinations. That's it. That's all you will ever see me wearing. And then in the summertime, that shifts slightly into like my capri leggings with a tank top and maybe a skirt. Like that's literally all I ever wear. So it's very, very simple. But from day to day, I'm not spending a lot of time on deciding what I'm going to wear. Because again, like I get in the shower between, at about 7.43 and Vinny and I are walking out the door at 8.08. That is showered, makeup on, Vinny dressed and out the door. That's really fast. So we do have our six minute breakfast right before that. Like breakfast is from like 7.33 to 7.41. Like I guess it's 7.39. Yeah, like everything happens super quickly because I'm not making decisions. Every, the decisions have been made. So that part is really quick. So this makes things move really quickly and really streamlined in our household. So what decisions can you put on autopilot? Also, like my morning routine is on autopilot. I don't lay in bed every morning and think like, should I work out? Should I hit snooze? Should I work out? Should I hit snooze? No decisions on autopilot. I get up every single morning, do my morning routine, which includes my workout. That decision is completely on autopilot. And what I like about doing the same thing every day is that there is no decision fatigue around. Am I doing that today or not? Which can be hugely beneficial. And this is where I think people often make mistakes around incorporating new habits is they decide like, I'm going to do it three days a week. And then every day a week is like, is today the day I'm doing it? Is today the day I'm eating the broccoli? Or do I get to eat cake today? Just make every day the same. It's so much easier. It takes away so much mental stress, especially when your mental load is already heavy and that sense of overwhelm is, tends to get heightened easily. Number five, the fifth way to create more mental space in motherhood is to delegate tasks and decisions to other family members and then do not micromanage them. That second part of that, that was a note to self. So delegate to other people in your household and then don't micromanage it. The not micromanaging part is hard. And this actually came up in Momentum Mamas in our membership community a while ago. A mom was talking about, she's like, I'm good at delegating, but then I still carry the load of like checking on whoever I delegated to, to make sure they followed through. 
And she's like, that actually doesn't make it feel like I've delegated because I'm still the person that's making sure that it gets crossed off the list and making sure that the other person followed through. And that takes energy. So we had this big conversation around with multiple people in the group who were in agreement that many of us do this around when you delegate, you need to treat other people as responsible human beings and assume that they are going to follow through. If they don't follow through, then that's a conversation that you need to have. And you need to make sure that you are all on the same page and that you are all in a position to be taking the responsibility that needs to be taken for the roles and the tasks that need to be managed. But when you delegate, you're not there to be a micromanager. So if you say to your partner, like, hey, can you make the lunches, then you're not doing things that I used to do and going and looking in the lunch boxes to say, oh, but wait, I noticed there's only four apple slices and usually I do five. I know it's embarrassing, but I literally have done that before. So when I now delegate a lunch being made, if I tell him, ask my husband, like, hey, will you make the lunches this week or tonight or whatever, I am not going to go and look in that lunchbox. I'm going to assume that my husband knows how to make reasonable choices for my child's lunch and that he's going to put enough food in there. And it doesn't matter what the ratio is. Like, I used to be very controlling about, but it's not enough protein and too much fruit and blah, blah, blah. Nope. Like, whatever he chooses to put in there, it will be fine. Even if it's not quite up to my standards, it will still be fine. And then number six. Number six, the sixth way to create more mental space in motherhood is to practice meditation in order to better manage your stream of consciousness thoughts that are keeping your brain on overdrive. So this is a new one for me, but the universe has been screaming at me that I need to be doing this. So I have used meditation in the past to help manage my thoughts and my constant stream of consciousness that keeps me feeling overwhelmed. And what's been interesting is I haven't meditated regularly in the last year or two, year and a half, maybe. And I have been in situations in the last few months where I'm like, the universe is screaming at me to meditate. Like not only has my mind been on overdrive, but also I've had like all these people reaching out to me. They're like, hey, we want to come on the podcast and talk about the power of meditation for moms and women and business women and entrepreneurs. And then someone sent me this amazing meditation headband. It's called Muse. I've just started using it. I'm loving it. This is not an ad. I'm just telling you that this product is really cool. And so, and actually the creator, Ariel of the Muse is on an interview soon. This actually, this episode is going to probably go live very close to the same time as the interview, but I'm loving the headband, but I was laughing though when she sent it because I was like, the universe is like literally like throwing meditation in my lap. And so here's the thing about meditation. If you need to create more mental space, Meditation is going to be something that's going to help you train your mind to create space on a regular basis. And one of the things Ariel talked about when I interviewed her for the show was she talked about learning how to manage thoughts in a more powerful way that allows you to be in control of your thought patterns so that when you go into that place of overwhelm, you can catch yourself and say, oh, wait. I don't need you right now. Like you feel the thought coming in, you feel the anxiety coming in. You can say like, oh, I see you. I acknowledge you. And also I don't need you right now. I'm going to file you away. I'm going to push you away till later. And you can actually manage that rather than holding it and sitting with it and thinking that it deserves to take up space. So that's how I am using meditation right now. So I'm using the Muse headband. I'm using the app that goes with it, but really focusing on being a better manager of my thoughts so that I don't allow my brain to stay on overdrive. So that is helping me really conscientiously create more mental space. So there's a lot of different ways to practice meditation. There's no right or wrong way. If you have not practiced before, the first 
place that I ever used or integrated meditation successfully was using the Headspace app, which I loved. I love the guy's voice. His name's Andy. And I used the free version of that app for like, I don't know, six months. And then I got the paid version and used that for quite a while. So, and I still love the Headspace app. I think it's super valuable. I think the free version you can get a ton out of. And I think the paid version has even like some more bells and whistles, but you're going to like do what works best for you. The Calm app is another one that has, I've not used Calm, but I know a lot of people who have, and I know that it has a lot of different options as well. And so what's great about a lot of these meditation apps is that you can use them in very specific ways. And so you can use them for relaxation, you can use them for stress management, but you can use them for more specific needs on a given day. So maybe like I need a meditation for anxiety, or I need a meditation for you know, feeling exhausted or overwhelmed or feeling angry, feeling frustrated, feeling drained, feeling triggered, whatever you might be sitting with that day, there's often meditations that you can find that will meet you right where you're at. And I should also talk about my friend, Katie Kremitzos. She has a meditation podcast called Women's Meditation Network, and her meditations are amazing. So again, free resource. And they're anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes. So they're a great length. Her voice is amazing. She's a delight. I adore this woman. She's been on the show before. Um, She's actually going to be coming back in the next few months. I'm very excited to have her back. But her meditations, I'll give you some of the titles. So she has Forgive Yourself, Beautiful, is one of her recent ones. Let Go of What No Longer Serves You. The Ultimate Gratitude Meditation. Let Go of Your Expectations of Others. So she has all sorts of themed meditations. She has a five-minute refresh you are safe, listen to your body, inhale the good, exhale the bad, live in the moment. So mommy needs a time out. <laughs> so she has lots and lots of options. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. That's a great resource. So lots of options there in terms of meditation, free options for meditation resources. So I hope that's been really helpful. I would love to know if you incorporate meditation. And here's the thing. I am not someone who sits and does like 30 minutes of meditation. I'm like, I'm going to do five minutes. (laughs) I'm like very short periods of it, but that works for me. And I start to feel benefits really quickly when I start doing that. So that is your six ways to create more mental space in motherhood. So quick review create mental and physical spaces for things, limit incoming information, data, content, advice, influences. Number three, embrace being a decision maker. Number four, put as many decisions as possible on autopilot. Number five, delegate to family members and then don't micromanage them. And number six, practice meditation in order to better manage your stream of consciousness thoughts that are keeping your brain on overdrive. So I hope you learned something. I hope you're feeling good about creating mental space. Let me know which one of these jumped out at you where you were like, yes, that's the thing I need to do to create more mental space for myself. And then definitely, definitely share this episode. This is one of those episodes I know when I did managing the mental load of motherhood, it was hugely, hugely popular. And I think this episode is going to be one of those as well. This is an episode that mamas need to hear. So many mamas need to hear this. We all need more mental space. So please do share this episode out if you feel like it might benefit mamas in your life. And thank you in advance for sharing the episode. That always helps me a ton when you do that and helps us grow our community of shameless moms, which is also really, really awesome and something I'm really, really proud of. So thank you. Thank you in advance for sharing the love and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash 
Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.